Okay, tonight we'll be finishing the seventh day, Lord willing, and then we'll be done with Genesis chapter 1. But uh, Lord willing, in the, the fall, uh, then we'll be able to pick up the, the pace with the rest of the chapters, I think. Uh, but first, I want to read uh, day 6 again. Uh, we just had a few loose ends left over. I'd like to summarize uh, those quickly and touch on them. So beginning with verse 24. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things, and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds, and the livestock according to their kinds, and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then, and God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant-yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in it, in its fruit, you shall have them for food, and to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Now, with the sixth day, of course, uh, if you remember, uh, God created the beasts uh, of the earth, all, all of the varieties of land animals, uh, and then uh, humanity, mankind as well. Uh, and the, the beasts and animals, he created them all according to their kinds, and uh, the, the kind uh, especially establishes the boundaries of reproduction, whether they can have uh, young uh, or not. Uh, and then man is the, the pinnacle and crowning achievement of uh, God's whole creation. It's the, his final work of creation. And then we discussed two major issues about man being created in the, the image of God after his likeness. Uh, and the, the first major issue uh, was uh, to whom is God addressing when he says, let us make man in our image? Uh, and uh, we said that he's not addressing the host of heaven, uh, the angelic beings who haven't even been introduced anywhere in Genesis chapter 1. Uh, but uh, he's probably giving an exhortation or an announcement uh, of what he's about to do, uh, about creating man. Uh, and then on top of that, uh, it's very likely uh, that 
uh, we're seeing the plurality uh, within the one God. Uh, the Spirit of God had been introduced in, uh, back in the beginning of Genesis 1, on day 1. Uh, and then God's active in the, the creation. Uh, and then it, it says, uh, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Uh, and then it says that God made man in his image after his likeness. And so uh, it's also probable that we're seeing uh, the plurality within the one God, which uh, Moses shows throughout the book of Genesis with the spirit of God, uh, with God. Uh, and then with the, the angel of God, or the, the angel of Yahweh, who is himself Yahweh. And that the second major issue we talked about was, what does it mean for man to be created in the image of God uh, after his likeness? Uh, and uh, we, we concluded, looking at the text, that it's tied very closely to a man being created with uh, authority and dignity uh, and honor uh, and with rulership uh, so that he would uh, mimic God uh, as uh, God's steward over the earth, as his, his vice regent, uh, sort of a, a king uh, in place of God to rule on his behalf over all of the creatures. Uh, and then there were a few loose ends that we didn't totally deal with. We touched on them. Uh, man being made uh, male and female, uh, and then God's blessing in verse 28, and uh, God giving the provision of vegetation uh, in uh, verses 29 and 30, I believe. And so first, let's just talk briefly about man being created, a uh, male and female. Uh, in verse 27, uh, the text reads, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Uh, and so uh, the first thing to notice is that uh, God has created man uh, as two distinct uh, but complementary uh, genders or sexes, uh, male and female. Uh, and so uh, they are equal in their humanity, but uh, they are different in their uh, roles and capacities or abilities. Uh, so first, uh, being equal in their humanity, uh, both uh, men and women are created as a living creatures. Uh, all of humanity is a, a, a living creature. Uh, they're also both created uh, in the image of God uh, after his likeness. And that's, uh, that's all of humanity. Here, uh, when he refers to man being created in his image, he's referring to all of humankind, all of mankind. Uh, and so each and every individual, uh, both male and female, are created uh, in uh, the image of God after uh, his likeness. Uh, and they share the, the same essence or nature. Uh, they, they are both uh, human. And they also have the, the same, same dignity before God bearing his image. Uh, but they're different in their capacities or roles. And we'll talk about this more when we uh, eventually get Lord willing to Genesis chapter 2 uh, at the end of the summer or the, the early fall. 
Uh, but uh, men, for example, serve as uh, husbands and fathers. Uh, females serve as wives and, and mothers. And so uh, women uh, can become uh, pregnant and bear uh, children, but that's not something that men do. Uh, and women are also especially equipped to feed and, and nourish their, uh, their young children and uh, babies, infants. Uh, and then men uh, serve their families, uh, they provide for them, they uh, protect their, their wives and uh, children. Uh, as uh, Michael Brown has said, a scholar and a apologist. Uh, and so they form uh, two uh, equal uh, but complementary uh, halves uh, and they, uh, they join together forming a, a single unified uh, organic whole, uh, man and woman, husband and wife, uh, mother and father uh, in marriage. And so in the Faith Life Study Bible, uh, they say uh, there is no status distinction uh, among bearers of the divine image. They are all equal while having distinct capacities and roles uh, in fulfilling the divine mandate to uh, steward the earth. And so they're, they're both uh, necessary and important for God's uh, purposes in, in all of creation. Uh, and so uh, two distinct uh, but complementary uh, sexes. Uh, and then second, uh, God's creation of mankind as male and female uh, is grounded in his creative decree, uh, his, his decree, his, his word of command, uh, his uh, powerful word by which he creates everything. Uh, it's grounded in God's very creative decree, uh, male and female. Uh, and so uh, it's God's fixed and good design uh, that uh, humanity would be made a male and female, uh, either male or female. Someone's either one or the other. Uh, not, not both and, uh, and they're not uh, mixed together, uh, nothing in between. So, for, for example, uh, males uh, are not, nor can they become females. Uh, it sounds, sounds obvious, but it's, it's true. We, we need to understand that. Uh, females are not, uh, nor can they become uh, males. Uh, males cannot uh, be uh, wives and mothers. Uh, females cannot become uh, husbands and, and fathers. Uh, and males cannot get pregnant and give birth to, to children. That's something that, that only females do. Uh, and so they, they have distinct roles. And uh, it might sound strange, but it's actually very important to understand. Uh, and when people do not uh, listen to God and how he has created uh, humans, uh, there can be a profound uh, confusion. And so uh, we, we have to listen to, to God. Uh, and even the, the Lord Jesus Christ uh, addressing the Pharisees in Matthew uh, 19, uh, addressing the, the issue of divorce, they asked, uh, is it lawful to divorce one's wife for any cause? Uh, and he answered, uh, have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female uh, and said, therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So 
Uh, they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. Uh, and so uh, dealing with an issue like divorce, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ goes all the way back uh, to creation, to God's purposes in creation, to his good design uh, in creation, how he made uh, humanity. Uh, and if you look to the creation, you should understand marriage. You, you should understand that divorce was not God's original intent and original plan for humanity, but he created uh, one, uh, one male and one female to be joined in marriage uh, and not uh, to, to separate. Uh, and then, finally, uh, God's creation of uh, mankind uh, as male and female, it's uh, good, uh, like everything else. Uh, God made everything very good. Uh, his creation of, of mankind as male and female, uh, it's, a, it's a good thing. In fact, it's for the, the flourishing of, of mankind and for, for God's glory. Uh, as we said in our primary theme, uh, God created all things very good uh, for the dominion, blessing, and flourishing of mankind created according to his image and for the blessing and flourishing of the rest of uh, his creation. It's, it's for our good that he made it, uh, humanity this way. Uh, and we would be deprived uh, without the relationships of male and female, uh, husband and wife, a mother and father. Uh, in fact, none of us would be here except for God's uh, original original design for uh, for husbands and wives and for uh, f the families that arise through that. Uh, no, none of us would would be here apart from God's design. Uh, and really, uh, it's uh, prideful rebellion, uh, as a woman named Rosaria. Uh, Butterfield has said she uh, wrote a book on some of these issues uh, uh, about being an unlikely Christian convert, uh, and she was actually a, a lesbian teaching in academia for uh, some time, but uh, she uh, heard the gospel and uh, eventually came came to, uh, to believe. Uh, and she has said that it's prideful rebellion to reject uh, God and his word and uh, his original a uh, good design uh, thinking that we know better than than God but uh, really God is the one who has designed us uh, and so he's the one who's written the, the operator's manual uh, for us uh, for for how we work and how we are to flourish and uh, live in his creation and so uh, we we should listen uh, to God and not our uh, subjective feelings uh, not our culture but uh, what what God has said about uh, creating a man, male and female, and uh, everything else on uh, which He has spoken, uh, and so uh, just like the the animals He created after their kinds, uh, they uh, cannot reproduce outside of their kinds. God uh, set up boundaries, uh, and He's also established boundaries around uh, male and female that are grounded uh, in nature, uh, in creation. Uh, and then finally, uh, in uh, verse 28, uh, God blesses humanity. And uh, we already touched on this, uh, that uh, God uh, blessed 
humanity uh, in a similar way they blessed uh, all of his creatures, uh, that they would uh, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, uh, that they would also subdue it and have dominion over all of the, the creatures that he made. Uh, and this ultimately was for the, the good of all of creation. They were to be his stewards and uh, to care uh, for the, the rest of creation. Uh, as God is a good ruler, a man was to be a, a good ruler. Uh, and in some pagan myths, uh, like the uh, Atrahasis uh, epic, uh, actually, uh, why they created man? Uh, well, uh, the lesser gods uh, were made to, to dig canals and trenches and ditches and river systems and uh, it was just too much work for them and r really hard labor. And so they became uh, very, very tired and disgruntled. Uh, and they had a, had a strike and a rebellion against the, the higher gods uh, and uh, threatened to revolt against them. Uh, and so they plotted together to create man uh, for, for slave labor so that man could... Uh, help the gods in all of their drudgery and toil, which was just uh, too much for them. Uh, and so uh, they uh, s had a god uh, come along and they uh, slaughtered him. Uh, and They mixed his flesh and blood uh, with uh, clay. Uh, and then the gods got around and spit on this mixture. Uh, all got around and sp spit on it. Yeah, pretty, pretty gross, pretty disgusting. Uh, and they, they mixed it up and made man uh, out, of, out of this. Uh, and then they had man do their work for them. Uh, but uh, man uh, reproduced and became uh, much too noisy uh, and created too much commotion, which uh, messed with the, the rest of the gods. They were trying to rest and, uh, and relax, but uh, man stopped them from doing that because they were too noisy on the earth. So they decided to wipe them all uh, all out. Uh, and that's where part of the, the flood epic uh, comes along. Uh, and when Enlil goes to, to wipe them out, uh, suddenly the, the gods became frightened and shrieked and many of them uh, ran away. Uh, and so you see they, they made humanity uh, just for purely, purely selfish motives and uh, they, they were even tired in their drudgery. But here we see God uh, creates man uh, and he's a, a working God, and he provides everything for them that they could ever need. And he even gives them honor and dignity and produces them in his, his own image and in likeness, after his likeness, to be his royal stewards uh, in, in the earth and to even enjoy, enjoy his rest and uh, his presence. And it creates quite a, quite a contrast, and we'll even see that with the seventh day. Uh, and then he gives the provision of vegetation in verses 29 and 30, uh, providing them with uh, all that they need for life and sustenance and uh, to, uh, to, to, to live uh, in God's uh, good creation, uh, in, uh, in his presence. Uh, and then we have a final report and final evaluation in verse 30. And it was so, and God saw everything that he had made. And behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. And so God looks back on, on everything that he made this time uh, and uh, it, it mires the work of creation because now it's 
complete. Now it's a living, thriving cre creation uh, full of uh, creatures to dwell in it. Uh, and this, this climax, uh, he says, behold, look, uh, it was very good, uh, leads into the seventh day. And so uh, let's turn to the, the seventh day now, uh, beginning in chapter 2. Uh, and uh, if you remember, uh, all of the sections throughout Genesis 1, uh, they're, uh, they're ordered primarily on the basis of time uh, with the, the recurring expression, and there was evening and there was morning the first day. And there was evening and there was morning uh, the, the second day. And this uh, divides it up into uh, seven sections and uh, seven days. Uh, and in the, the first six days, uh, God brought the heavens and the earth into existence. And uh, he he's now completed them, uh, which culminates in the seventh day. Uh, and now with the seventh day, uh, this day is special in that it commemorates the, the completion of God's uh, good uh, work in all of creation and makes a, a fitting fitting conclusion to the first section of Genesis. Uh, and now I'd like to revisit the theme that we talked about uh, in the, the overview, uh, the theme of seven. Uh, we see some things that repeat seven times. I'd just like to, to briefly touch on uh, some of these words and phrases that, that repeat And from Genesis, seven becomes the, the number of completion, the, the number of perfection. And so, first thing to realize is that several of these are very obvious. Uh, there are seven days, seven reports, it was so. Seven evaluations, God saw that it was good, culminating in the seventh day. And so the, the theme of seven is uh, pretty, pretty obvious. Moses wants people to pick up on this. Uh, and these more obvious ones, uh, sevens, uh, lend plausibility uh, to some other sevens uh, that we're going to see that sometimes are less obvious. Uh, and then uh, I just want to point it out that uh, I first dealt with all of the textual issues, so the, the variants in the manuscripts, the ancient handwritten copies, uh, before uh, checking and counting up uh, all of these numbers. Uh, because if you remember in the uh, Greek Septuagint uh, translation, uh, that uh, they had an extra evaluation on day two. Uh, they filled it in. Uh, and then on day five, they had an extra report. And they ended up with uh, eight evaluations and eight uh, reports, which isn't seven. They, they had an extra one. And so I first dealt with this, otherwise... Counting these numbers wouldn't wouldn't matter a whole lot uh, if you have uh, too many or to, too few because of scribal mistakes or changes. Uh, and so first, there's some words and phrases that repeat. Uh, there are some words. Uh, there are uh, 14 times the word day, yom, uh, appears, which is a multiple of seven. Uh, two times uh, seven is 14. Uh, and this uh, these are the days in which God created, representing how long it took God to complete the heavens and the earth, uh, seven days. Uh, and then uh, the word earth uh, appears 21 times, 
uh, which is again a multiple of seven, three times seven, uh, and the, the words uh, heavens and expands together. Uh, if you remember, the expanse on day two was named heavens. Uh, and so earth and heavens appear 21 times. And these are what God uh, made, uh, including everything. Uh, in the beginning, God made the heavens and the earth. Uh, and then uh, the seventh day uh, repeats uh, three uh, to five times. Uh, three times as the full phrase, the seventh day, and two more times with a pronoun it, referring to the seventh day. And a uh, multiple of uh, three, three and five times the seven is uh, 21 to, to 35 uh, times. Uh, and the seventh day is when God completed the heavens and the earth. And it's what commemorates all of his work, the, the completion of it. Uh, and then the word Elohim, God, appears uh, 35 times. Uh, and he's the one who made the heavens and the earth. Uh, his name appears more times than any. Uh, and again, it's a multiple of seven. Uh, and really, this whole chapter is all about God. And you find that his name appears more than uh, any. And again, as a multiple of seven. Uh, and then uh, events and phrases uh, repeat. Uh, you have seven days, as we talked about, seven reports, seven evaluations. Uh, the seven reports uh, show that the outcome of God's work all of it came to pass. All of it was completed. Uh, the evaluations, uh, it's God's evaluation of his crea creation. It was, uh, it was all very good uh, and all uh, complete. Uh, and then finally, uh, the, the last possible sevens. Uh, and there are some scholars like Gordon Wenham and, uh, and uh, Matthews who uh, point these out in their commentaries. Uh, the last ones, uh, Wenham uh, points out that in Genesis 1-1, uh, if you uh, count the, the sentence, there are seven words. In Genesis 1-2, there are 14 words. Uh, and then on the seventh day, Genesis 2, verses 1 through 3, there are 35 words, uh, another a multiple of seven. And, uh, and with that, it, he counts them consistently. And uh, he doesn't count the, the prepositions, but that's because uh, in Hebrew, the prepositions are actually attached to, uh, to the words. Uh, they're attached to them. Uh, and so all of these, uh, all of these, uh, their final occurrences show up at the end of the narrative, at the end of day six and in day seven, culminating in the seventh day, showing that God's work was complete, that it was perfected. Uh, and then I'd just like to give a caution. Uh, this analysis of the chapter, uh, these sevens, uh, does not give uh, support to a numerology or so-called hidden Bible codes. Uh, people like to dig around in the text of scripture and turn alphabets into numbers and look for, look for hidden Bible codes and things like that. Uh, that's unbiblical. Uh, that's uh, divination uh, unless there are few exceptions where the author intends it, like in Genesis chapter 1. And here, it's not Bible codes. Uh, it's not a numerology. Uh, the theme of seven in Genesis 1 is obvious. Uh, it's obvious that Moses wants to convey this idea of seven. There are seven days. There are seven reports. There are seven evaluations culminating in the seventh day. If that's all you got, uh, the sevens are already throughout uh, the chapter and to be to be noticed and and seen. 
Uh, and all, all of these ideas also, uh, these sevens, are highly thematic. It's what things are about. Uh, God, God is the one true creator. Uh, he shows up 35 times. Uh, the heavens, the earth. Uh, in the beginning, God made the heavens and the earth. That's what the whole chapter is about. Uh, and then it was so. Uh, God saw that it was good uh, in the seventh day. All of these are what the whole chapter is all uh, about. Uh, and so uh, we might quibble or be uncertain about a few of them here or there, uh, but the theme of seven uh, is clear according to the, uh, the author's intent, and it gives no justification for anyone who would uh, go around looking for so-called uh, Bible codes. That's a, a very uh, foolish thing uh, to do. Uh, and then finally, uh, as we said, uh, the, these twin themes of seven incompletions saturate the entire chapter. They're the, the warp and the woof of the, the chapter. They're the, they're the very uh, cross threads on a loom uh, that hold the, the whole thing uh, together. Uh, and this brings us into the heart of uh, the, the seventh day. Uh, and as we look at it, we can break it up uh, into uh, three sections or groups uh, with verses 1, 2, and 3. Uh, the first verse, uh, we'll look at the completion of the heavens and the earth. Uh, and then with the second verse, uh, God's completion and rest from his work. Uh, and then with the third verse, uh, God's blessing of the seventh day uh, and making it holy. Uh, and all of these things uh, commemorate God's achievement of, of uh, finishing uh, and completing the work that he began uh, at, the, at the very beginning, in the, the very beginning of history and, and everything that he brought into existence. And so let's just read the seventh day uh, together. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work uh, that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in a creation. Now, with this first verse, uh, we see the completion of the heavens and the earth. Uh, thus, the heavens and the earth were finished, and all uh, the host of them. Uh, and in context, uh, this follows the, the completion of the uh, sixth day, of course, and God's final appraisal of his work, that uh, everything that he had created was uh, very, uh, very good, summarizing all preceding uh, six days. Uh, and uh, this phrase, uh, thus the heavens and the earth uh, were finished. Uh, this echoes all the way back to uh, Genesis uh, 1 1, the, the very uh, first verse, uh, in which it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Uh, now, thus the heavens and the earth uh, were, were finished. He's uh, uh, echoing, uh, echoing all the way back, and so it's it's like an inclusio 
uh, or a, a, a frame or, or bookends that, that frame uh, the, the whole chapter from, from beginning to end with the, the beginning of creation on the one hand uh, and now its completion and the, the celebration and commemoration of God's, God's word. Uh, and now uh, Gordon Wenham says that there's a, a possible a chiasm here, uh, which is a, a, a pattern like uh, A, B, B, A uh, that, that repeats. Uh, and so I'll, I'll put in English uh, order instead of Hebrew order because that'll make it a little more confusing. But uh, the chiasm would be uh, with verse, chapter 1, verse 1, God, A, God created, B, the heavens and the earth. Uh, and then Genesis 2, verse 1, uh, the heavens and the earth, uh, we see, thus the heavens and the earth. Uh, and then look in verse 3 uh, at the, the very end. Uh, literally, it's God created to do. So uh, A, God created. B, the heavens and the earth. Uh, B, the heavens and the earth. A, God created uh, at, the, at the very end. And so this might be a, a chiasm. Uh, the, the only thing that, uh, that makes you wonder about it a little bit, whether Moses intended this, is that God uh, repeats in verses uh, 2 and 3 before the, the end. And so uh, maybe Moses did intend this. I'm, I'm just not, not totally sure. But what's very clear is that Moses is echoing back to the very beginning with these, these words. He keeps uh, echoing back and wants us to, uh, to, to look back and think, think back to the, the beginning and reflect on it. Uh, and then uh, it says that, uh, thus the heavens were finished and all of the host of them. Uh, and a host can often refer to like a, an army. Uh, and so the, the Bible sends lexicons as a host or a vast multitude. Uh, the Dictionary of Biblical Languages Hebrew says a huge amount of persons, creatures, spirit beings, or objects, uh, all of the same uh, class. And so uh, you can think uh, uh, Yahweh or the Lord is sometimes called Yahweh of hosts, Yahweh of, of armies. Uh, they can also talk about the, the host of heaven, which uh, can refer to all the stars and even the, the angelic uh, beings. Uh, and here uh, it says, uh, and all the host of them. Uh, them uh, stands for the heavens and the earth. Uh, and the, the host uh, of the, the heavens and the earth just stands for uh, all that, that fills it. The, the heavens and the earth are the entire cosmos, the entire a universe that God brought into existence uh, in the host is everything that fills it. So uh, at the very least, uh, it includes uh, days four through six, all of the, the luminaries, the sun, moon, and stars, uh, the fish and the birds on day five, uh, the beasts and man, all the, all the land animals on day six. Uh, and it could possibly refer to uh, God's other things that he created uh, on the first three days. And so uh, possibly everything else that fills it, the, the day and the night, uh, the, the sky, the dry land, the sea and the, the vegetation. Uh, and so uh, the, the, the whole host of everything that now fills God's 
a creation with it, it all uh, finished and uh, living. Uh, and if you remember, uh, thinking about the, uh, the completion of the, the heavens and the earth, uh, as we said, I, I believe it was uh, in verse 2, looking at the, the incomplete uh, creation, uh, that uh, the, the painter's painting, the potter's vessel, and the builder's building uh, were not uh, ready yet. Uh, they're, they're not ready to be viewed or used or, or lived in. Uh, but now, uh, God, as the master builder, uh, has finally completed uh, his whole creation. And now it's thriving and living uh, and full of animals, uh, ready to, uh, to live in his presence and to uh, flourish in, in all of creation. Uh, and this brings us uh, to the, from the completion of the heavens and the earth uh, to uh, God's completion and rest from his work on the the seventh day uh, and just very briefly first uh, we'll touch on a textual variant but we really don't have much time to discuss it and now in some ancient manuscripts uh, and translations uh, there's a uh, in the, the first sentence of verse 2, uh, chapter 2, verse 2, uh, they have on the sixth day instead of on the seventh day. Uh, and so it would read uh, this. I actually modify the ESV translation a little bit. I move uh, on the seventh day. They put it at the beginning of the sentence. I move it to the middle to better show uh, the parallelism in the, the Hebrew and uh, the, the order. So, uh, and, uh, and God finished... Uh, on the seventh day, uh, we have uh, from his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. Uh, but some of them uh, have, uh, and God finished on the sixth day from his work uh, that he had done, and rested on the seventh day uh, from all his work uh, that he had done. And so is Emmanuel Tov, uh, one, one of the uh, leading textual critics of the, the Hebrew Bible uh, says he, he points to the, the Masoretic or the, the Rabbinic uh, text uh, which we've uh, talked about that's the one that the rabbis preserved for, uh, for so many years uh, over the uh, centuries and uh, about a, a millennia uh, and then the Targumim which are uh, some Aramaic uh, translations almost kind of commentaries on the Latin Vulgate, they have on the seventh day. Uh, but the Samaritan Pentateuch, uh, which was in Hebrew, uh, the Greek Septuagint translation, and the Syriac Peshitta have on the sixth day. Uh, and I'd argue with most scholars that the seventh day is original. Uh, that's the, the primary uh, reading uh, that, that go back to Moses. Uh, and just very briefly, we can't really go into it, uh, but... I'd say that the, the other days uh, are named only once. Uh, all of the other days, uh, and they occur with the expression, and there is evening and there is morning the first day, and there is evening and there is morning the second day. They occur uh, only once through five, and six follows uh, the same uh, pattern. Uh, only the seventh day is certainly named uh, more than once. Uh, in fact, uh, if we include this one, 
uh, it's named uh, five times, uh, twice with a pronoun it, uh, and never with the repeated expression, and there is evening and there is morning, uh, the, the seventh day. Uh, that, that never, uh, ever happens. And the, the seventh day is clearly distinct uh, from the other days. It, it stands out. It's supposed to stand out. Uh, and then uh, the seventh day uh, also uh, forms, uh, there, there's parallelism in verse 2, uh, which also copies the parallelism in verse 3. And if you have the sixth day, it actually ruins uh, the, the parallelism. So we have in verse 2, and God finished on the seventh day from his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. Then verse 3, so God blessed the seventh day and he made it holy. Uh, So do do you see the the parallelism, the same ideas uh, repeating uh, that are closely related? Uh, And the the sixth, if you have the sixth day, it it ruins that. Uh, And thirdly, uh, the the seventh day, uh, along with all these points, uh, the the seventh day is highly thematic. It's, It's what this section is Uh, all about uh, and it commemorates God's completion and rest from his work. Uh, Changing it to the sixth day uh, undermines what sets the seventh day apart, uh, what makes it so unique uh, that uh, the seventh day commemorates the completion of God's work. Uh, And then uh, some, uh, the the one major objection uh, that people make is that, well, uh, the seventh day, uh, if we have it here, it makes the the text nonsensical because it seems if Moses says that God completed uh, his work on the seventh day, doesn't that sound like he actually worked a little bit on the seventh day and uh, then completed it? Uh, And so they'd say uh, it it makes the text nonsensical. Uh, However, uh, that's not really true. Uh, authors uh, tend uh, to uh, take into account a reader's knowledge, what they know, uh, the context that they're aware of, uh, and then they just give enough information to communicate their, their point, and they let the, the context uh, do uh, a lot of, lot of the work. Uh, and so as Matthews points out uh, in chapter 2, verse 1, Moses has just said, thus the heavens and the earth were finished. He didn't do work on the, the seventh day. They, they were finished. They, they, were, they were done. And so uh, Moses should not have to tell us, you know, when I say that God uh, completed uh, his work on the seventh day, uh, by the way, I'm not implying that God actually worked uh, on the, the seventh day. I, I don't mean to uh, imply that. The, the context t- takes care of it. He doesn't have to go out of his way to, uh, to do that. That'd that take uh, extra effort. And there's uh, the, the context uh, resolves that. Uh, and then uh, the, this uh, objection uh, actually uh, shows why uh, a scribe uh, might want to uh, correct uh, the text or to, to smooth it over, to harmonize it. Uh, because... Uh, He's giving it too wooden of a reading. He's, he's giving a very exaggerated, strict, strict, strict interpretation. Uh, and some of them might want to uh, to try and harmonize it because they think they perceive a problem. And you have to be careful because 
Uh, in some cases, you might have a variant in manuscripts where uh, it really does make a nonsensical error, where it's just absolute nonsense. Uh, but this is not one of those uh, cases. Uh, and so, uh, to conclude, uh, Manuel Tove says, uh, according to uh, the, the Masoretic or Rabbinic uh, group of texts, uh, some of the Targumim, uh, Aramaic ones, on uh, the Latin Vulgate, God completed his work on the seventh day uh, without implying that God actually worked on that day. Uh, however, some scribes and possibly translators probably found it difficult to imagine that God would have worked uh, on the seventh day and therefore uh, corrected the presumably original reading to an easier one. And that includes the Samaritan Pentateuch, uh, Septuagint, Syriac Peshitta, and Jubilees, ver uh, chapter 2, verse 16. And he says perhaps uh, this was done uh, independently in some of them, uh, meaning that uh, maybe... Uh, maybe some of them independently made uh, made the same change when they noticed what seemed like a difficulty that really wasn't a difficulty at all. Uh, and so uh, God completed his work on the seventh day, uh, not not the sixth day. And that's actually one of the more uh, interesting variants probably in the, the whole e Hebrew uh, Bible. Uh, and now... Uh, this brings us uh, to uh, God's completion uh, of his work and his rest from it. Uh, and Matthew says in, in verses 2 and 3, uh, verses 2 and 3 contain four lines. Uh, the first three of which, so the first three lines, are parallel, each possessing seven words. There's the number seven again uh, in the Hebrew. Uh, with the midpoint of each line having the same phrase, the seventh day. Uh, and so uh, he, he gives a literal translation uh, just showing this. Uh, so God finished uh, by the seventh day his work which he did, uh, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he did. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. And so that's the last seventh, the third line, uh, because on it, he rested from all his work, which God created to do. And so uh, in verse 2, uh, and God finished on the seventh day from his work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work uh, that he had done. Uh, and so we see the, the completion and resting uh, of, uh, of God here. Uh, and that it's in... Uh, Parallelism, where the, the meaning is uh, almost the same in, in each line and even the, uh, the, the order, uh, focusing on the finishing of God's work. Uh, and then, uh, what's the significance of God uh, completing his work, uh, finishing it, and, and resting? Uh, and why does he not continue uh, to uh, create uh, and basically, uh, his work was complete. Uh, there was nothing left for God to do. Uh, positively, uh, he created the, the heavens and the earth. Uh, he prepared a uh, fruitful uh, habitation uh, that was uh, productive. Uh, he filled those habitations with uh, inhabitants to, uh, to live in all of them. 
Uh, he crowned his creation with his, uh, his royal stewards over the creation to uh, take care of it on, on his behalf and uh, for his glory. And he, he blessed them. He blessed his creation, uh, securing its uh, fruitfulness and multiplication. And uh, he provided them with sustenance. And so uh, he, he did everything. Uh, negatively, uh, there was nothing left to do. Uh, what, what was left to do? Nothing. Uh, there was nothing lacking. Uh, there was nothing uh, remaining for God to do. Uh, there was nothing incomplete or, or the, anything that God neglected or forgot uh, to do. Uh, God was not too tired or too exhausted to do anymore, that he was worn out like the, the pagan gods that need to create man to uh, dig the, the trenches uh, for them and the, the river systems. Uh, but uh, God had, had done it all. He, he did uh, everything that he'd want to do. His purposes were fulfilled. Uh, and so, uh, in the IVP Bible background commentary, uh, they, they just comment some of these, these ideas of, of uh, rest. Uh, why, why did God rest? And how was this thought of in pagan cultures? And they say, uh, in the Egyptian creation account from Memphis, the creator God, Ta, uh, rests after the completion of his work. Likewise, the creation of humans is followed by rest for the Mesopotamian gods. Uh, in Mesopotamia, however, the rest is the result of the fact that people have been created to do the work that the gods were tired of doing. Uh, nonetheless, uh, the desire for rest is one of the moti motivating elements driving these creation narratives. Uh, the containment or destruction of chaotic cosmic forces uh, that is often a central part of ancient creation narratives leads to rest, peace, or repose for the gods. Uh, likewise, uh, it is the gods' inability to find rest from the noise and disturbance of humankind that leads to the flood. Uh, in all, it is clear that ancient ideologies considered rest to be one of the principal objectives of the gods. Uh, in Israelite theology, God does not require rest from either cosmic or human disturbances, but seeks rest in a dwelling place. Uh, see especially uh, Psalm 132, verses uh, 7 and 8 uh, and 13 uh, and uh, 14. And so uh, God wasn't tired. In fact, he made the whole creation for his creatures, uh, and God continues to sustain uh, his creation. And as Matthew says, uh, God uh, makes uh, animal skins for Adam and Eve, and uh, he even works to redeem his people. And uh, later, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ uh, will say, uh, my father is still working, and so uh, I too uh, still work uh, when he was uh, active on his uh, mission of redemption on the, the Sabbath. And the, the leaders wondered, why are you working on the Sabbath? Uh, and so uh, in some, there was uh, nothing left for God to do. Uh, he did all that he had purposed and decreed uh, to do uh, in his creation. Uh, and everything came, came to pass. And uh, behold, it was a very uh, good and so uh, that's God's uh, completion and rest from his work. And this brings us to the last section, uh, God's blessing the seventh day uh, and making it uh, holy. 
And so in uh, verse 3, it reads, So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, uh, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation, or or literally uh, all his work which God created to do or created to make. All right, so here, uh, God uniquely favors the the seventh day uh, and sets it apart uh, from all of the other days, uh, the the six other days uh, of creation uh, to uh, commemorate uh, the completion of his very uh, good uh, creation uh, on on the the seventh day. Uh, And if you remember on days five and six, uh, God uh, blessed the, the fish and the birds on day five. Uh, he implicitly uh, blessed the uh, animals. We'll see that he, the land animals, and we'll see that he'll bless them uh, with uh, Noah's, after Noah's flood. Uh, and he also blessed a man. And now for a third time, uh, he blesses, uh, and here he blesses uh, the, the seventh day. And so what does it mean for God to bless the seventh day and to make it holy? Uh, And first, we'll we'll look at this idea of blessing. Uh, And now, uh, the word for bless, uh, including both the verb and the substantive, it just means uh, acting as a a noun form, uh, shows up uh, 88 times in the book of Genesis. Uh, And that's more times than any other book uh, in uh, the uh, entire Hebrew Bible. Uh, In fact, uh, that's 22, uh, just over 22% of the occurrences of these word forms in uh, the Old Testament. Uh, And the the next closest, uh, second closest is Psalms with 83 times, Deuteronomy, Moses' fifth book with 51 times, uh, and then numbers with 17 times. So it drops uh, rapidly. Uh, and so uh, 88 times in Genesis, a blessing is a very important theme. Uh, and it shows up 166 times in the Torah, the, the Hebrew word uh, law or instruction for the five books of Moses. And so it's not just a book of law, uh, but it's about God's purposes in creation uh, to bless his creatures. Uh, In blessing, uh, one definition from the Bible sense lexicon is to invoke or enact. And to to invoke is just to to call upon, to to call upon uh, God uh, to bless. To to invoke or enact divine favor, often implying a positive disposition or kind actions toward uh, the recipient. Uh, And so here no one's invoking God or calling upon him. Uh, but God himself is blessing uh, by his own will and his, his own power. Uh, in the Dictionary of Biblical Languages, Hebrew uh, says, uh, speak words invoking divine favor uh, with the intent that the object will have favorable circumstances uh, or state at uh, a future time. And so here we see that God expresses his favorable disposition toward 
uh, the, the seventh day. Uh, he gives special favor uh, to the seventh day, and he does this in uh, at least a, a few, few ways. Uh, first off, just by the, the fact that he blesses uh, the seventh day, and he only blesses the seventh day, uh, never does he bless another day, shows that he uniquely favors uh, the seventh day above all, all other days. Uh, and then, uh, God, uh, only on this day, uh, the seventh day, uh, does he complete his work uh, and rest uh, on it, uh, showing that it's a favored day. There's no other day on which God completed his work uh, and, and rested, uh, where it was, it was all uh, finished and, and done. Uh, and then thirdly, uh, it is this day and only this day that God consecrates, makes holy, or uh, sets apart from all the other days uh, to commemorate the completion of uh, his very good work in creation uh, on the, the previous six days. And so uh, the seventh day uh, is uniquely favored in God's creation. But he doesn't just bless it, uh, but he uh, makes it holy or uh, consecrates it. Uh, the Bible sense lexicon says uh, to render holy or set apart by means of religious rites. Uh, and the Dictionary of Biblical Languages Hebrew a dedicate to service and loyalty to God, and so involving proper conduct as prescribed of any person or object so dedicated, to, to dedicate uh, to service and loyalty uh, to God. Uh, and so uh, we see that the seventh day is uniquely set apart from all of the other days for God's particular uh, purposes, for for his uh, unique uh, purpose and intent for it. Uh, other things are set apart. For example, in Exodus chapter 13, verses 1 and 2, uh, the Lord said to Moses, Consecrate uh, to me all the firstborn, uh, whatever is the first to open the womb uh, among the people of Israel, both of man and of beast, is mine. Uh, it belongs to God. It uniquely belongs to God. Uh, all of the firstborn of the uh, Israelites and the uh, firstborn of, of all of their animals is to be uh, set apart to God. It's made uh, holy. Uh, and as many commentators say, uh, objects are made holy by their uh, relation uh, to God. Uh, God is the one who is holy above all. Uh, he is holy, holy, holy. Is his very nature to be holy and distinct uh, from all else, everything else is created, uh, and everything uh, else in creation is made holy by its relationship to him. Uh, and then in Exodus 29, verses uh, 42 through 44, uh, it shall be a regular burnt offering throughout your generations at the entrance of the tent of meeting before the Lord, uh, where I will meet you, uh, to speak to you there. Uh, there I will meet with the people of Israel, and it shall be sanctified by my glory. And so the, the tent of meeting will be sanctified by God's glory, by uh, manifesting uh, his presence uh, in uh, a cloud uh, of, of glory uh, and brightness uh, that sets apart the, the tent of meeting. Uh, I will consecrate the tent of meeting and the altar 
Aaron also and his sons I will consecrate to serve me as priests. And so all of these objects and people, the priests, are uniquely set apart for service to God. They belong uh, to God. Uh, And in this case, uh, it's a day uh, that's set apart, and it's the seventh day uh, that's set apart, that uh, that belongs to God, uh, that uniquely uh, commemorates and celebrates uh, the the work of God uh, in all of creation and uh, completing everything. Uh, And then uh, notice at the end of verse 3, Uh, the reason uh, for which uh, God blesses uh, the seventh day and makes it holy. Uh, It's already, as we said, uh, because on it God rested from all his work uh, that he had done uh, in uh, creation. Uh, And so uh, this is the day that signifies God's rest uh, from uh, his labor. Uh, To rest is to uh, cease Uh, from working to cease uh, from labor. And so that's why the seventh day uh, is unique. That's why it's holy. That's why it's blessed. That's why it's uh, set apart. Uh, And this is even picked up. uh, It's uh, it's for the the Israelites uh, and also for for us to remember uh, that God is the one true God who created everything uh, in uh, the, the heavens and the earth and he alone and so in the fourth commandment uh, at Mount Sinai uh, with the Israelites uh, he says uh, Exodus 20 verse 11 and this is the reason they're to, to keep the, the Sabbath uh, and in uh, Genesis chapter 2 we don't see the word Sabbath yet Sabbath is instituted uh, later on uh, in Exodus 16 and then at, at Mount Sinai uh, for in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Uh, therefore, uh, therefore, uh, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Uh, it's because uh, here's where he completed uh, the, the heaven and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, uh, representing the, uh, everything, the, the entire universe, everything that's created uh, that is uh, not God. Uh, only God is uncreated. Uh, and then uh, we see the same thing again, uh, that it, it signified the completion of God's work in Exodus 31, uh, verse, verses 12 and 13. And the Lord said to Moses, uh, you are to speak to the people of Israel and say, above all, you shall keep my Sabbaths for This is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I, the Lord, sanctify you. Oh, actually, I read the the earlier verse. Uh, It signified two things for the Israelites. Uh, The the Sabbath was actually the sign of their covenant, the the Mosaic covenant, Uh, the completion of God's work, but also that God sanctifies them. As Moses said, that he had redeemed them Uh, that he had brought them out of Egypt uh, to be his own people. He set them apart, uh, and he used the Sabbath uh, to set them apart from all the other people because the other people uh, did not have uh, the the Sabbath. Uh, And so uh, it is for them to remember that 
God is the creator of all things and that he had completed his work on the seventh day. This was something they thought of every week, week after week with the, the Sabbath, always thinking back to God's completion of creation, to his uh, provision and sustenance uh, for humanity, uh, but also that he uh, sanctifies them as a people, that they were to be a holy people uh, in, in the land, uh, in the world, uh, to make God known to all the peoples and to make his uh, salvation known. And it was through them uh, that he brought uh, the Messiah. Uh, and what I originally meant to read was uh, Exodus 31, verse 17. It is a sign forever between me and the people of Israel that in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was uh, refreshed. Uh, and then... Last thing I, I want you to notice, uh, we see in uh, verses, uh, verse 3 uh, at the end, uh, because on it, God rested literally from all his work, uh, which God created uh, to do. Uh, this same expression appears three times and it's expanded uh, each time, focusing on that uh, this is all about the work of God. Uh, the, the center of attention is uh, the, the work of God. And uh, we, we know that uh, and God rested on the seventh day from his work. We, we know what work it's talking about. But Moses gives even more information uh, that we think about all the work that, that God had, had done. This chapter is, is really all about uh, God and uh, what he's accomplished. So in verse 2, uh, just, just listen for this phrase. Uh, and God rested on the seventh day from his work that he had done. Uh, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. It adds the word all. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it God rested from all his work which God created to do. And so there's a little more, a little more uh, each, each time just driving home that uh, we're, we're now looking back uh, on the creation. It's like we've climbed Mount Everest and we're, we're looking down from the pinnacle, from the seventh day, looking back on all the, the previous days, uh, just at all that God has accomplished uh, in creation uh, and for uh, humanity and for uh, his creatures, uh, for them to uh, even enjoy his rest uh, and his uh, presence uh, in creation. Uh, and Gordon Wenham says, uh, which God had created by uh, making it, and so this is the phrase we're talking about, is an expansion of the usual phrase, uh, the work which he had did. Uh, in verse 2, uh, the insertion of God created into the phrase produces a slightly ungainly Hebrew, but more significantly harks back to Genesis 1, verse 1, uh, resulting in a fine uh, I believe he meant inclusio. I think there's a typo indicating that the first section of Genesis ends here. Uh, the combination of the verbs uh, bara to create and asa to make covers all of God's creative activity in the six days, uh, reminding the reader of all that has been achieved. Uh, its very brevity evokes the silent awe uh, that is appropriate uh, before the grandeur of the work that has been uh, accomplished.
And so here we see that uh, God's creation is no longer uh, barren and empty and uh, watery, uh, but now uh, it's filled, it's complete. And the seventh day reminds us that uh, Yahweh and Yahweh alone is the one true creator God. Uh, He's the God, uh, not just of the Israelites, not just the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but he's the God of all humanity. He's the God of the nations. He's the God uh, of history, uh, time, space, uh, and everything uh, whatsoever. Uh, And so that's why we said that the the primary theme, uh, let's just read it one one last time. Uh, God, the eternal, uncreated creator and universal sovereign, a sovereign is a king, a ruler, uh, in the span of six days, sovereignly creates all things very good, including the heavens, the earth, the seas, and everything in them, for the dominion, blessing, and flourishing of mankind created according to his image, and for the blessing and flourishing of the rest of his creation. The seventh day commemorates the completion of his all-encompassing perfect work of creation. And so uh, this is God's complete work uh, that that was made for man uh, to enjoy and to dwell uh, in the presence of God. Originally, uh, Adam and Eve, the the first man and woman, uh, dwelled uh, in the very presence of God with every uh, provision that he could have uh, ever uh, ever given them, uh, providing for uh, for all of their their needs. Uh, and so uh, they uh, initially they enjoyed uh, God's God's rest. Uh, but as the author of Hebrews later argues, uh, there there remains uh, a rest uh, for the the people of God. Uh, there r- remains. Uh, I believe what Matthew said, an eschatological rest. Uh, eschatological just uh, refers to the, the end times, the, the latter days, the final things to come. Uh, and there remains uh, a rest in the, uh, the end times for the, the people of God uh, to enter. Uh, and this one is a permanent rest in which God will create a new heavens and a new earth uh, where righteousness will dwell, where there will be uh, no sin, there will be no sinners. God's people will be uh, redeemed and they will live in his presence and in the, the presence of uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, the lamb who is slain before the foundation of the earth uh, for, for all time uh, with, uh, with joy, having, uh, having man restored to God and uh, having the, the creation uh, restored uh, to, to man. Uh, but uh, because all people have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Uh, Everyone has sinned against God and uh, rebelled against him and violated their conscience. Uh, People have lied and slandered and dishonored uh, mother and father and uh, the world's full of murderers and adulterers. And uh, the Lord Jesus Christ says that uh, if you're so much as angry with your brother uh, so that you call him a, a fool or you call him a name, uh, you've already committed a murder in your heart, uh, and you will be uh, held accountable. Uh, you will be liable uh, to uh, fiery hell. Uh, God will judge. Uh, the very foundation of God's throne is righteousness and justice, uh, and he will uh, judge all, all sinners. But uh, he uh, sent his son, uh, who was uh, born of a virgin, and who is uh, born under the law 
so that he kept God's law uh, perfectly and he was sinless. Uh, And then he also went uh, to the cross to uh, pay the penalty uh, for everyone who will turn from their sin uh, and trust in him, who will uh, seek forgiveness and salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ uh, and in nothing else, uh, not in uh, their uh, their works because their their works are filthy deeds, but uh, only by the the free grace of God. Uh, salvation's only by the uh, a free a free gift uh, from God that's received only by uh, by faith uh, in Christ. Uh, and then he was uh, buried and raised again and ascended uh, to the right hand of the the Father uh, to sit on His throne to to rule until His enemies are made a footstool for his feet and uh, he's going to come again to uh, judge his enemies and to uh, redeem those who uh, who are waiting for them and uh, those who are redeemed by Christ will uh, enter into a God's eternal rest and will uh, reign uh, with him in the the new heavens and the the new earth and uh, in peace and joy in the presence of God for uh, forevermore and Already we see uh, that those very themes uh, begin in uh, Genesis, and they begin in uh, Genesis uh, chapter 1. And Lord willing, at the, the end of the summer, uh, in the beginning of the fall, then we'll uh, be able to get into chapters uh, 2 and beyond. And I, I think we'll be able to uh, uh, to pick up the pace a lot and uh, get through a lot more uh, material uh, because uh, Genesis 1 gave us uh, quite a challenge to start out with. So I hope it's been uh, been useful uh, to you. I hope uh, God uses it to uh, bless you and uh, edify you, build you up and uh, build up your uh, families. And I look forward to getting started again uh, after the summer. And so uh, let's just pray and we can finish our last class uh, for the summer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for uh, for all that you teach here in this very first chapter, that uh, you are the one true living God, that you have uh, created all things, and that you are the uncreated creator. You are uh, sovereign over all, and that you make all things uh, by your word and uh, merely by Uh, your decree and they stand fast i pray that you would uh, use your word to build us up and uh, build up our fellow believers i pray that your word would go forth with uh, power uh, because the words of men are uh, worthless and have no power but uh, your word is uh, living and active and able to uh, to save and uh, to sanctify and to uh, give people an uh, inheritance uh, in in your salvation. And so I pray that we would uh, come to know you more, that you give us a insatiable hunger for your word, uh, and that uh, we would trust in you and trust in your son, and that you would uh, teach us, instruct us, and give us a boldness in the faith and in your gospel that we would uphold and uh, stand fast on your word. And so we thank
thank you for these things. We thank you for the, uh, the redemption and the salvation that's in your son. And we pray, Lord Jesus, that you would come again soon, that we would uh, dwell with you and that we would uh, enter into uh, your rest and that we would reign and rule with you uh, over the new heavens and the new earth and that uh, we would never so much as a thing to sin again because you've redeemed us and sanctified us and uh, ultimately uh, you will have glorified us and so we thank you and uh, praise you uh, we pray that you'd uh, bring us all together again to continue to uh, study these words amen, amen.